You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses. Today, I want to talk about a question I get asked frequently uh, in my work with couples, and that is, should we be combining our finances? Is merging finances something every couple needs to think about? And it's long gone those days when merging finances required for you to be married or live in the same household or letting one of the partners control the entire wallet. And, and working with couples from all walks of life, all kinds of ages, I've seen plenty of examples of how couples can manage their finances. And the interesting part is that there's not a right or wrong way. It's a way that works for you. Interesting fact I found um, looking at this topic online is that only about 18% of couples keep their finances separately, according to LearnVest uh, data research. So that's interesting. So that means uh, the other uh, 82%, if I don't, yeah, uh, 82% keep it all together. And so let's talk about um, how, um, you know, what are some of the most typical ways you can actually keep your finances together or if you want to stick um, and be independent, that is also an option. So I'm going to discuss two with you today. Number one, what I would want to call is what's mine is yours and what yours is mine. <laughs> but um, I think it's a, the most uh, the most streamlined, straightforward process of combining everything together. So who is this for when you're kind of deciding, right? Do, do we as a couple fit for this type of uh, way of managing finances? I'd like to think of this for uh, couples who perhaps have equal assets. And if you even want to use these qualifying criteria uh, for deciding on this because a lot of times it may not be even relevant do you have equal assets what about your equal income do you want to have everything be sort of in one pot when uh, Yuri and I got married uh, many many years ago 16 years this year uh, we didn't have a whole lot of things to manage so it just it really just made sense for us to combine things and start together from scratch but it depends. It depends, you know, when you come in into the relationship and what do you want to do. So how, um, if that's the way, if you want to combine everything together, how do you kind of set it up so that it works for everybody? Number one, I think would be good to have is a is a joint account where all of your income expenses, well, all of the income goes in and then all of the expenses are paid paid out. I also like to suggest to have a joint savings account, at least uh, one for emergency reserves. And then you can kind of start from there because the list can, can get pretty lengthy. But uh, obviously your individual accounts such as 401ks, IRAs have to stay individual in your names. They're just legal and not allowed to be combined. But you can set up a joint brokerage account, right? And start investing for, for the future 
and that together as well. I also suggest that you agree on what spending amount um, you're going to allow without asking questions. And I think that's a peace of mind that everybody needs to have. If it's a, if it's a joint account, what should it be? Is it $100? Is it $200? Is it $500? Or whatever that amount. So if that amount is spent, no questions asked. If anything after that, especially if you're using a checking account, because I think things can get really mixed up there with all the other bills. So decide what, what that amount is. Uh, for your for your for your family for your relationship and then someone needs to take charge of the system right and report back to the other person to decide on who is going to do that how often if you have this is a side kind of a point but if you have debts or plan to accumulate debts how are you going to be paying them off like is this going to be considered as a joint debt or are you going to be contributing according to your income slash expense ratio or, or however you decide on that. So debt is something that you need to discuss or how acquiring debt um, is all, all of that is going to be handled. Okay, so I think this is, again, this is just a simple uh, beginning outline and there's so many choices and, and decisions you can make on this and they're not uh, going to be bad choices. So just go with it and see what works because over time you will evolve and find something that works for um, for your relationship. All right, number two on my list would be for those who want to keep their own independence. Okay, and there are plenty of folks out there that um, kind of do that. And also something to point out as well with both of these uh, methods and ways of, of managing your finances, you can have it a combination. And let's talk about that um, towards the end. But so for those of you who want to keep it uh, independently, how do you how do you kind of decide on, on, you know, on what would be a structure? Because let's say you come in together with someone, you're going to be sharing household, you're going to be sharing your life. So how do you keep your own independence and still, still contribute to the overall uh, joint uh, future? I think it, it's important to recognize that this is probably not for everyone, but for maybe perhaps for couples who have complicated finances. Maybe you're joining together after you've had previous responsibilities in previous lives, right? Maybe one person earns more income or one partner has poor money management skills, or maybe they're plain just not interested in in participating uh, in this in this whole um money management thing. So whatever it is, these are your own reasons and they're okay as long as you guys agree um, on, on, you know, on, on something. But I think at the end of the day, you've got to have a baseline. And so I want to talk about that baseline um, here. So how do you do it? I'm going to give you two options just to consider things. So number one would be keep your separate accounts in your own name. If you have checking accounts, whatever it is, and maybe perhaps create an account for household expenses. And so one way maybe to s set up things just a little more streamlined is to have things to be split uh, equally 50-50. So it may not work entirely, right? And it's if you make the same amount of income, that's great. So things are just a little cleaner. Um, but start with expenses, right? Worry about expenses first and agree on what amount and how you're going to, um, to share. 
And then income, maybe maybe use a couple of you know variations. And if you want to tie expenses to that, that's fine too. But for example, based on percentage of your income, so if one person makes sixty percent of income, another makes forty, then maybe your expenses are set up that way. Or I also have seen that, for example, the one who makes more. Uh, or has the higher percentage, the sixty percent earner pays for larger expenses such as mortgage or rent payments. Um, you know, maybe pays for kids' education, uh, larger savings items, and the list goes on. Another person pays for groceries and eating out and clothes. You get to decide on that, but focus on how are you gonna share and who's gonna be responsible for what expenses. Okay. Number two option in in this setup could be to still keep your uh, separate accounts, but create a joint household account, right? So in, in the first option under keeping your independence, you have everything totally still separate. Um, but here, maybe perhaps you did set up a joint account and you can start to maybe create some rules around, well, how much money goes into, into that account based on what you agreed and how you agreed to split up your bills. Is it a 50-50 split or 40-60, whatever that work, you know, whatever works for you. Something else to add is a layer of complexion, a, a, a complexity here, but I think having a account for emergencies uh, that you can designate, you can either have two separate accounts, if you want to keep your account separate and earmark and say, okay, this is my emergency account, another person earmarks it too, or if you go, want to go the, the household joint account route, maybe that's even better and each person contributes to that um, so that you can have a, a cushion for rainy days. And the, the, the typical suggestion is four to six months. Something else to think about in this kind of setup is that for this type of financial management, I would also recommend setting, setting up something called a cohabitation agreement. And I'm not an attorney. That's something that you definitely need to engage uh, someone who, who knows how to set up the legal documents. But you can Google and just read up on more about, uh, you know, how. And it's really simply just a document that states. And then it doesn't have to be anything formal. It could be something less, less complicated. But at least it is a document that states that, um, you know, on what you guys are agreeing and how, how, how all of these things are outline. This is if you're not married, right? Obviously, I'm hoping that married couples have some kind of understanding um, about what and how everything gets outlined and divided. And so, of course, as I mentioned before, this is all totally up to you, right? There's not a wrong or right way to do it. I think it really depends on what's the best approach and how it works for you. I would want to tap this off with saying that uh, be open about it, try things, and don't forget to have money dates. Don't forget to have conversations um, about what's working, what's not. And just because your mom or your dad or your family or friends have their finances set up in a certain way, doesn't mean it works for you. And so give yourself that opportunity to try new things. All right, that's all I've got for you guys today. Until next time, remember, you are the bosses of your own money. Hey, money boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. 
so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.